Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. An Ipsos poll for Global News shows, according to the headline on Global News Today, uh, globalnews.ca, Canadians today feel worse about their finances than they have in three years. Daryl Bricker is the president and CEO of Ipsos. He's the author of Empty Planet, The Shock of Global Population Decline. And he joins us on the program. Daryl, thank you very much for the time. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. So at first glance, as I looked at the numbers, they looked like Canadians were quite confident about their personal finances. So I'm seeing 60%, 60% plus. But then when you begin to review the trending over the last three years, clearly things are changing. 80% were confident last year. So could you speak to us about that? What's, what's happening with this trending? Well, one of the things that's happening is that there's this impending sense of doom in which that uh, sense of when the doom is going to arrive is getting shorter and shorter. So Canadians overall feel like today might be okay, but they're looking over the hood of the car and they see that we're driving into stormy weather. So that's what it is. It's really more of, a, of an anticipation of problems to come as opposed to a problem that they're experiencing right now. Is it uh, headlines about markets dropping and and, and uh, you know, international finance issues and concerns, political concerns. Is it just a sort of a, a goulash of, of headlines that's causing them the concerns or something more specifically Canadian? Well, I think that there's a, a, a big piece of it that's, that is that. This just, just general sense of uncertainty that exists around a whole bunch of things, like what I call the sort of the business news aspect of this. But it's actually more than that. It's really the affordability of their day-to-day lives. So when you start peeling back the onion, you start looking at things like, for example, taxes. Do you think that your tax situation is getting any better? Well, people don't think that that's the case. Uh, Do you think it's getting more expensive to do just about everything that you can look at in your life? People do feel that it's getting more expensive. So this isn't just something that's playing out in the stock market or playing out in the uh, you know, international trade agreements or in the business news. It's also something that people are confronting on a monthly basis, if not a day-to-day basis, at their kitchen table where they're looking at their life and they're saying, you know, I'm just not getting ahead the degree, to the degree that I thought I should be getting ahead. Now, this doesn't uh, necessarily play out very well, as you mentioned in the, uh, in the global news story. Doesn't, uh, it's not particularly good for, for Mr. Trudeau's government because he was talking, has been talking about uh, helping the middle class and getting, helping people get into the middle class since before the election in 2015. Yeah, it's really been a, something that he's positioned his government on. The issue that he's dealing with, though, is that if you go out and you ask the middle class, do you think your tax situation is any better? They don't think it is. And in fact, when you look at taxes, something people most closely associate with government, it's now moved up to the number two spot and as, as, uh, as the most important issue facing Canadians just after health care, which, by the, first, by the way, is the first time in my career I've ever seen that. So projecting forward, that's and looking what's happened over the last 12 months, the picture isn't very good, isn't very positive. Well, if this election, next election is fought on the economy, uh, there's going to be a really very interesting debate, debate that's going to be held with the government uh, that both the NDP and the Conservatives can attack the Liberals on, which is that question of affordability. Now, the NDP may be looking at more of sort of the working class effects, but for the Conservatives, it's really more about that private sector, middle class, commuter who lives in the 905 and even in the, the Hamilton area, who is you know going to be paying the, the cost of a carbon tax, for example, and hasn't necessarily seen 
any effect as a result of, at least they perceive, any effect as a result of the tax changes that the government's made. So the government's got a, a big job to do in order to demonstrate that uh, um, uh, that life is becoming more affordable for those people, because as you know, Roy, and we've discussed this many times, these are the people who now decide uh, what, which party is going to go to power in uh, in Ottawa. Yeah, and, and with this program airing from, essentially from Toronto through to Vancouver, um, the, the the issue remains, is, is it the same across Canada, is Daryl, or are there some regional differences? Well, it's the, the, no, the West is uh, exactly the same sort of thing as the com- private sector commuters in the, in, around the city of Toronto in the 905. Uh, so if you go to a place like Calgary or you go to Vancouver, the commuters who are living there, the people who are, as I said before, not necessarily um, employed by the government, they're not working in the public sector, they're people who are, uh, uh, as I described before, you know, private sector, middle class people. Those are the ones that uh, the Liberals did a great job of appealing to in the last election campaign, and they're the ones who are most troubled by the current situation. Yeah, so you, you, you baked a pretty nice-looking cake, but it better taste good, too. Yeah, so if you've delivered certain things on my behalf, I, I've forgotten them or I haven't noticed them. So the, the, the job of the government is to really point out how people are better off. But I know, looking at the data, that the longer-term trend is that people are not feeling like they're better off. Yeah. So it's a, it's a difficult situation the government's going to face as we move into October. And, and it being a national situation, that's, uh, that's really significant. You don't have one part of the country saying, yeah, we're okay, we're doing fine, and another part of the country saying we're not doing so well, which has happened previously in Canada where you've had maybe uh, Western provinces doing, you know, doing fine, but Atlantic uh, Canada being uh, struggling, that's not the case now. Right. This is starting to look more like the, uh, you know, the early 1990s in terms of how the Canadian uh, political uh, um, uh, map looks. So Western Canada has really become problematic for, for the Liberals, uh, much more uh, fertile for the Conservatives, the exception being British Columbia, where the Liberals are still quite competitive. Uh, but, yeah, Western Canada other than British Columbia, is really feeling the bite of what's been happening in the, uh, in the oil and gas sector. And as you, I'm sure you've talked about, uh, talked about the premiers that you've had on uh, discussing what the situation is in terms of national unity, I can't remember a time since back to the Meech Lake Accords in the, up to 1995 that it's been as fractious as it is right at this moment. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, we do. Can we play that clip from uh, Premier Higgs for, for Darrell? We spoke with uh, Premier Blaine Higgs in in, uh, New Brunswick on the weekend before Christmas, and he was concerned about the state of the Federation and and very open about that, and here's in part of what he said. It it makes you wonder if if, if Canada is a nation or a notion. There's a Premier, Darrell, and we've also had Premier uh, Scott Moe from Saskatchewan say, the question is, do we still have a country? When, 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 When that sort of... Uh, dialogue is, is, is openly expressed. It's reflective. I think the premiers are just reflecting what at least a segment of the population is feeling. Yeah, no, as I said, I, I can't remember a time in which it's been as fractious as it is today. Yeah. And uh, the, the lack of appeal of the, of the prime minister and the liberal government uh, outside of British Columbia and Western Canada is really noteworthy. I mean, people had their issues with Stephen Harper, but they were never over federal-provincial tensions the way that we used to experience back in the you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. The stuff that you and I grew up with, you know, all the way up to the Quebec referendum That's of 1995. Right. And there was relative federal-provincial peace uh, with Stephen Harper and the premiers basically for a decade. And now we seem to have gone right back to the way that things were. The interesting difference, though, 
is we're not spending all of our time talking about Quebec. Well, that's well, not yet. Atlantic Canadian premiers, <laughs> you're hearing this from Western Canadian premiers. Yeah. You're hearing it from the premier of Ontario, which normally you know is the bedrock of what the right. national situation is supposed to be. He's even now, you know, going after the uh, after the federal government. So it's a it's an interesting time. Let me ask you one other question. We've drifted away from the from the from the confidence Canadians have in their finances, which is okay because we talked about that. But uh, is there is Quebec going to come back into the the the, the discussion in a perhaps not such a positive manner for the rest of the country once equalization is is discussed again with another 1.4 billion going to the province of Quebec and the premier of Quebec saying we don't want energies we don't want pipelines we don't want dirty western energy is is, is the potential there for Quebec to once again uh, maybe not lead the 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 national federation discussion but certainly be a major part of it i would expect that Quebec would rather not be part of this conversation the difference the last time around, and you and I are old enough to remember this, was they were really leading the charge. Right. If anybody else came in and questioned some of the national unity questions, say, for example, like you're going to have uh, you know, former Premier Peckford on, he, he would ride along on that, that wave to do things like, for example, talk about the fisheries in, uh, in, in, uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador. But this time around, it's actually Quebec who's kind of joining the fray, and it's really being driven by places, for example, like Saskatchewan and especially Alberta. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different dynamic than one that I've experienced in my lifetime. Sure, we can go back to you know 1979, 1980 with Peter Lougheed and uh, and what happened in the fights that he was having with uh, Pierre Trudeau. It actually looks more than like that now, but I do not remember the level of rhetoric that you're hearing out of Alberta uh, um, happening previously. I mean, you know, there are obviously the bumper stickers and other issues that happened back then, but it is really fractious now. Well, I, I get the calls and I get the emails, Daryl. So, and they're just they're increasing in uh, in number and they're increasing in uh, in determination to, to to see things change. They, there's there's no willingness to accept the current course. There's uh, if if this were a, if this were a ship, I'd say there's there's a mutiny uh, brewing down below. Well, you know, the federal government's responsible for the federation. So at some point, uh, the they have to find a way to reconnect with Alberta. Now, take, a, take it as a, as a given that Alberta's always going to be trouble for the Liberal Party. They've never really been able to win anything there. I mean, they won four seats the last time around. So uh, the idea that they're going to become the most popular choice one could, one could be in the province of Alberta is a bridge too far. But that the level of anxiety and animosity and aggressiveness that's coming out of the West right now is something that goes back to like 40 years ago. And Jason Kenney's uh, in a very good position to get elected to be premier of the province in May in Alberta. And it can only get more fractious as a result of that. Mm. So it's going to be a bumpy year. Well, it's almost great talking to you and getting the perspective from Ipsos. Thank you, Daryl. My pleasure. Thanks. Sounds like you've got a cold. Take care of it. Thanks. All right. That's a rotten way to start a year with a cold, isn't it? Uh, very true, though. This is a fractious situation in Canada. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.